You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Off and running on this Tuesday, October 6th. Hello. Good morning. Welcome in. This is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Way, way, way too much to possibly squeeze into a single hour. But we will give it a go anyway. This Tuesday edition, of course, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. Uh, I am on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. Daily poll question. We got another one. Pulled another one out of the fire at the last minute. But lots of stuff to discuss today. We have, of course, uh, the first NFL head coach to be fired in 2020. And it is not Adam Gase. What were the odds on that? Shocking. But it happened. It happened. Tonight is the night we find out uh, if the NBA Finals is really a series. No, I shouldn't even say that. Scratch that. We won't. We don't. Nobody actually thinks the Heat are back in this series, and nobody actually thinks the Heat are going to win tonight. But we'll find out, I guess, uh, what, what could I say that would be factually correct? We will find out tonight if there will be a Game 6. That much is true. That much we know for sure. And uh, chances are it, there probably won't be. But uh, we are off and running on this Tuesday. And off and running in the American League Division Series. Yankees and the Rays opened things up last night after having the entire weekend off. And at least for one game, no impact on the Yankees' bats, right? they had uh, they, The last game they played was on, what, Wednesday? So had the whole weekend off. And last night opened things up against the Rays. They take game one against the Rays, 9-3. The big blow coming late. Giancarlo Stanton, who has been fantastic in this postseason so far. Big grand slam in the ninth. Because you hear 9-3 and you think, wow, that was a blowout. Last night was not a blowout. And yet, I guess in the end it was. But the big grand slam preceded by, I think, an even bigger hit from Aaron Hicks. The RBI single that took the lead to from 4-3 to 5-3. And then Stanton just kind of ended the game. Once he hit that one, you think, all right, we got this one. Let's move on. But also home runs from Clint Frazier, Kyle Higashioka, Aaron Judge. So the Yankees and their bats, I have not heard many complaints about the home runs in the postseason. You know, you can't expect to hit these home runs in the postseason, right? Not against the the, the better pitching that you'll see in the postseason. You're going to have to string together some hits. You're going to have to manufacture some runs to be able to score in the postseason. Well, so far, so good. Now, nothing has happened yet. Last night was an absolute must-win for the Yankees. They had to win that game. You lose that game. It's really kind of hard to envision beating a team as good as the Rays three times in four games when you lost eight of ten to them during the regular season. But the idea that you can't uh, str- you have to string together hits or you can't hit home runs in the postseason is uh, absolutely wrong. I mean, just think about it. Just think it through in your own mind, right? You're saying to score runs against better pitching, you have to get multiple hits. String together two, three, four hits to score some runs against the better pitching rather than getting one big pitch to hit and, and hitting it far. So, no, the Yankees absolutely have uh, been hitting the home runs. And keep in mind, this is the better pitching, right? Indians, lowest ERA in the American League this year. Rays had the second lowest, but, of course, nothing is over. It is just a one nothing lead. And, and really, for the Yankees, last night's game was more important for them 
than it was for the Rays, but Yanks have now scored 31 runs on 38 hits in the three postseason games that they've played, 11 home runs. They're also the first team to in the American League to ever hit grand slams in back-to-back games. Uh, obviously, Gio Urshela back on Wednesday, Stanton last night. So the uh, line that the Yankees uh, get used a lot, the Yankees are a fully operational Death Star. Well, he scored nine runs, 15 hits on a night where really up until that ninth inning, kind of felt like the Yankees should have been better. <laughs> Blake Snell did not have it last night, could not locate his fastball. He kind of really struggled with command. And last night I didn't think was classic Garrett Cole either. Gave up a couple of leads, victimized by the long ball. G-Man Choi, I don't know what he's doing, but, man, he's doing something because he got him again, and his numbers against uh, Garrett Cole have been well-documented throughout uh, the series and everything else. So, um, But you still won, and you're still up 1-0, and you try to grab a commanding two games to none lead tonight. Of course, our coverage right here, every game, the Yankees postseason run, We'll be on 98.7 FM ESPN New York, and our coverage tonight gets underway at 8 o'clock. But again, let's not get it twisted. Yankees had to win last night, had to lose that game. As I said, uh, very difficult to envision the, them winning the series. But, of course, when Giancarlo Stanton, and he's the headline, right? The grand slam. I'm sure the back, I saw the back page. I think of the Daily News. I didn't see the post yet, but I'm sure that he is going to be the headline. He is going to be the talk throughout the day because of his postseason struggles up until this year and his postseason success so far this year. He has been fantastic. And already people are saying that last night was his Yankee moment. He's a true Yankee now, all that silly stuff that gets thrown around all the time. But there's almost like this sentiment when he hits the Grand Slam last night, almost like with Sanchez, that when he hits the Grand Slam, ah, see, I thought he wasn't clutch. Well, up until this point, this postseason, he had not been. That's not some figment of people's imaginations. That's not something that people have cooked up because they don't like Giancarlo Stanton. Yankee fans are super happy that Stanton has broken out. Yankee fans are thrilled that he is doing what he does, hit home runs. He's supposed to be a major cog in a lineup that is... You know, the, the, the power of the lineup is that it's circular, right? There's no easy, there's no rest spots in the Yankee lineup. So everyone wants him to succeed, but this idea that he has been unfairly criticized up until this point, no, he has not. He has been fairly criticized. When you come here and you come to a team that was within one game of going to the World Series before you got here, and you're the reigning uh, National League MVP and this home run champ, and then you come here, and the team doesn't progress any further, and you have not been very good in the postseason, yes, you're going to get criticized. And just because you change the story, because you've got another opportunity, well, that's fantastic, and let's focus on that story. But that doesn't change the story that already happened. And it's not unfairly criticizing Giancarlo Stanton for the last couple of postseasons and uh, the last couple of seasons where he's missed a lot of time. He's been hurt quite a bit. That's not Looking back now, that's revisionist history to think that he was unfairly criticized for the last couple of years because he's now performing as you expect. And again, this is not Kyle Higashioka, right, where, where he comes up with a home run and you're like, oh, my God, what a big home run. Look at him. You know, he's not your 12-year-old nephew. Oh, my God, what a nice contribution. He's supposed to be a big guy in this lineup. And so far this postseason, he has been absolutely 
fantastic. So let's hope it keeps going. And, you know, for all the talk about the uh, Yankees' struggles against the Rays during the regular season, Stanton missed a lot of those games. He did not play in seven of the ten matchups. Aaron Judge missed a bunch of them, too. So both guys have been money so far in the postseason. And let's hope it continues tonight with Davey Garcia on the mound. Again, a coverage tonight, 8 o'clock, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. A couple of things I do think that are outside of the Yankees' uh, control, which actually, at least in the first game and maybe in the postseason, has kind of played to their advantage. Um, I don't think that it's a coincidence that Giancarlo Stanton is doing this in the postseason where there are no fans. I think that he is a guy that sometimes gets in his own head a little bit and has definitely had problems with the pressure of the big moment. So there's not going to be any fans anytime soon. I think that at the World is it at the World Series going to have few fans, or the 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 championship series. I think they might have some fans in the stands, but even then, it's not going to be a packed ballpark where you know the 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 crowd is right on top of you like a, a baseball postseason can be like at the stadium. So I think that that is uh, is something that bears monitoring, and the fact that this is the year that Stanton is really breaking out and looking like John Carlos Stanton. This is what you expect. Man, maybe not home runs every single day. I don't think that he can keep that up. But being a key cog in that lineup, being a big bat, and he's not swinging at sliders away that are off the plate by 15 feet. The other thing is the neutral site, A, not having to be at the trop where the Yankees, I mean, it just always seems to be a nightmare. And then, I don't know, I looked at some of the numbers because the, the, the performance last, when did Petco become like such a launching pad? I mean, when it first opened, it was like such an extreme pitcher's park that guys would, they even talked about it on the broadcast. Guys were talking about how you couldn't hit balls out of the ballpark. But this year it's been, you know, the story has been slam Diego because of all the, the grand slams that the Padres have hit. But last night, boy, the ball was flying. The Clint Frazier home run was a bomb. Stanton's home run was a bomb. Judges was not a bomb, but boy, it got out fast. So uh, that the, the fact that, A, you're not at the trop, and B, you're at a place where it seems like the ball flies almost as much as at Yankee Stadium. The dimensions are different, but fantastic so far. So we'll certainly take it. So, again, game two tonight, uh, and uh, we'll have the coverage at 8 o'clock. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. So the Yankees, they, uh, they get the game one win. So we'll hear from some of the particulars coming up. But we also have a poll question today, and I did not go with the baseball. I didn't really uh, see anything that was, uh, look, it's newsworthy. It's, it's huge the Yankees win that game, but nothing's over. It's all well and good to win game one, but if they go out tonight and get shut out or get shut down, then all of a sudden you're right back in the same spot with a best of three series, and uh, certainly don't like that. You want to you go for the jugular tonight. You want to finish it off. So the poll question today is actually football-related. Football-related. And yesterday, the big news in the NFL, not just the two Monday night games, but the Houston Texans became the first team to fire their head coach this year, four games into the year. So Bill O'Brien is out, and the Texans are going to be looking for a new head coach once this season is over. Texans off to a brutal start, 0-4. I think, what were they? Uh, They were 4 in the uh, poop rankings, I think. Were they four? I think they were. So they have yes, obviously, they were. yeah, they were, they were off to a very, very bad start. Now, they had a brutal schedule to start the year, but then on Sunday, 
you thought, all right, they're going to rebound facing off against the Vikings, and uh, they got steamrolled. So Bill O'Brien is out as head coach. So the poll question is, assuming, right, we have to assume it's after this season is over with where we are sitting on October 6th, the Jets are also going to be in the market for a new head coach. So after this season, which job, both will be open, which job do you think is more appealing? The Jets, who are clearly going to have, if not the first pick overall, a top two, three pick, or the Texans, who don't have any picks until the third round, have their their salary cap is capped out. They, I think they have the highest payroll of any NFL team this year, and they don't have their first or second round picks this year. So which t- which job do you think is going to be more appealing? You're Eric Bieniemy or some hot head coach this year who's looking for a job, and you're interviewing with all these jobs. It comes down to the Jets or the Texans. Which job would you rather have? So that's the poll question. It's up on Twitter. By the way, you know, I did not stay up for the post game last night because it was very late. And, you know, you have to get up for this show and uh, you want to have your whatever wits I do have left with me. But was Kevin Cash, did he uh, did he apologize last night? Was he apologetic in any way? Because last time Yankees and Rays faced off, obviously Araldis Chapman came up and hit up and into one of his batters and he was apoplectic. Oh, my God. This is outrageous. What the? It's bad coaching. It's a bad player. It's this. It's that. Last night, Stanton hits the the grand slam, and the very next pitch to Gio Rochelle is right at his ear hole. Is there? It, I have not gauged any uh, outrage over this. When the Yankees did it, oh my god! Oh my god! How dare! How dare the Yankees! Kevin Cash, after all, he's got this uh, whole stable full of horses. They all throw 98. And apparently, they all throw 98 at your head right after you give up a grand slam. I didn't see. Brian, search to see if we have any Kevin Cash apologizing to the Yankees before the bad coaching and the bad player and all this type of nonsense. Yeah, see I'm if, actually see looking at that. See if you can that. find that. The, the first thing I actually found was Ty Butler quoting him from September 1st because I think that's when, it, when he said uh, the stable yeah. full of horses. Right. So I'm looking if there's any uh, follow-up with there. But I'll find mm. I'll, I'll find Interesting. it. Interesting. Yeah, Interesting. I'll find And it. I saw on uh, Twitter last night that uh, I think it was Phil Hughes, the former Yankee Phil Hughes, oh. said, oh, no, no, he wasn't throwing at him. He's just, he doesn't have his stuff. He's, he's all over the place. It's weird, though. Mm. Wow, what a coincidence. Mm. That first pitch, that next pitch, right at the guy's head. Shocking. That's the Rays move. That's oh, It's been the Rays move for years. So that's why Kevin Cash, when, when that happened, I referred to him as going uh, full Karen, which is a big term now when people freak out over, over basically nothing. That's what he did. And the response that people had, well, the guy's throwing at his head, that's serious, he could kill us all. Yeah, no, that's all well and good. The problem is, that's what the Rays do all the time. They constantly do that under Kevin Cash. So he, you can't do you can't have that be your move, and then when it gets turned around on you, be all up in arms. And I absolutely loved Absolutely loved Glaber Torres up 9-3, stealing second base on the guy who came in after Curtis. I can't remember what the guy's name was. Uh, was it Montgomery? Uh, something. Uh, Irish name. <laughs> it was very, very late. So I love that. Yeah, stick it right to them because they that's the type of thing that they would do all the time. So if you like to rub it in people's faces and the Rays, 
I have no problem with bat flips or shouting or emotion. All that stuff is great. But if you do it, don't complain when someone does it to you. That's the only thing. So that uh, I, I search, I think you'll probably be searching at least throughout uh, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin for that cut of Kevin Cash being apologetic. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. And obviously, Stanton, the Grand Slam is going to be the focus today. To me, that was not the biggest play of the game. The, 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 the biggest play of the game, I, I really got to feel like, and it's kind of lost in it, is Kyle Higashioka. His home run, right? Fourth inning, Yankees have the lead. Choi comes up, two-run home run off call, 3-2 raise. You're thinking, oh, I mean, are you kidding me? G-Man Choi is going to be the the re- and, and it wasn't like it was like some hanging slider. It was a good pitch, and he just he just hammered it. So then you get to the top of the fifth, and Higashioka goes deep, ties the game. You feel like, all right, right back in it. And then Judge with a laser beam home run. I thought, to me, that was the key. And then following it up, call the next inning. You're hoping for a shutdown inning. And at one point, he's got, he got the first two outs pretty quickly, but then gives up a walk. Uh, he gives up a base hit, a Rosarina, which uh, is just a fun name to say, a Rosarina. And then he gets, they decide to walk Choi the, the second time. And he gets uh, Margot on, I think it was 98, and then finally 100 to, to get the final out, the strikeout there. So uh, to me, that was the turning point there, not the uh, Stanton home run. But the Stanton home run was nice. Not complaining. Not complaining. Let's keep it up. Let's keep it rolling. And uh, keep scoring these runs. Keep scoring these runs. Fantastic. Now, as for the poll question today, before we get to the uh, phone calls, one 800 919 espm one 800 919 Seven six. Oh yeah, you know what? There was one other thing because I was listening to the K show yesterday, and I don't know if, if somebody actually said it, but it was kind of like insinuated about the talk surrounding Trevor Lawrence. Right? If the Jets get the first pick or the Giants get the first pick, and I I have created my own algorithm for the first pick this year. You know, you have Tankathon, you have this thing, you have that thing. I have figured it. I have calculated with my sketchy math work. I have the Jets at 67% odds of getting the first pick this year. More than two, more than, uh, you know, 60, more than two thirds. I have the Giants at 26%. The Giants are going to win some games. I, I, I know that they have not broken through as of yet. So there's no reason to think that they're going to break. The, and I'm not ever saying that the Giants are going to be good this year. Don't get it twisted. But between the two of them, I think there's over a 90% chance that one of them is going to get the first pick. And if you get the first pick and Trevor Lawrence is there, if it's if you're that bad, right, you're going to have to win one, two games maybe to get the first pick this year. Usually the first pick, if you want to guarantee the first pick, zero, one, or two wins. Once you get the three wins, it becomes a little bit more sketchy. And I could definitely see the the Jets. I think I, I'm kind of hard pressed to find three wins. I mean, you could play 50 games at, at this point; it would be kind of hard to find three wins. But what I, I'm saying, when you say that, like if they have the first pick, that's because you're saying you're that bad. Your quarterback would have to be pretty bad. So then you take a, a, another quarterback, especially with the Jets and, and year three with Sam Darnold. But nobody should get this uh, screwed up. Nobody is saying they should be giving up 
on either Sam or Daniel Jones as of yet. Let the season play out. No, I, I don't think any. Now, if Sam all of a sudden turns some sort of corner and really starts playing well and you start winning some games, okay, fine. Then you can say, you know what, I feel better moving forward with this thing or that thing. But Sam has not ever shown any level of consistency week in and week out. That has not happened. And we are into year three of his NFL career. Daniel Jones is only into year two. I think Sunday was his 17th game. So he's, he has even a less of a resume. But again, if the Giants were to end up with the first pick overall, I think that you have to seriously say to yourself, you know what, As I know it's not a very long shelf life, but it might be sunk cost. It might be a sunk cost where you have to say to yourself, I have a chance to get a no-doubt-about-it quarterback uh, with a sitting with the first pick and certainly seeming like you're going to have a new GM. So I would say either team, if they do end up with the first pick, I take the quarterback. You know, the really appealing one, the really interesting one, maybe not appealing, that's the wrong word. The really interesting one is what happens if Miami ends up with the first pick, right? Because they have the Houston Texans' first pick this year. Now, Tua has not played at all. So that one's kind of a little bit more, I think, that you'd have to say he's going to play at some point this year, you would think. But if they end up with the first pick, Trevor Lawrence is so highly billed that I think that they would even have to think to themselves, and you know what? You took a quarterback last year. If you take another quarterback, well, the key is to find the quarterback. So I would even say for them. Now, I'm saying that without anything to go on right now because I've not seen Tua play, but and I'm not a Tua fan. I was not a, a fan of the move at the time. But the poll question for today. It's a long way around to get to the poll question today. The more appealing job, if uh, if it does turn out that the Jets end up firing Adam Gase either during the season or after the season, uh, which job do you think is more appealing? Um, even with the Texans' issues with, with um, the draft picks and the salary cap, I think the fact that they know they have their quarterback and Deshaun Watson, I think it's probably the more appealing job. Now, the nice thing for the Jets is you have more of a blank slate. Like, whoever takes over the Texans, they're not going to, even with the quarterback, they're not going to win right away. And there's a very good chance from some of the stuff you're reading to clear up some of the salary cap issues, they're probably going to have to move on from J.J. Watts. So that's much more of a rebuild situation. I think the Jets, they're not really a rebuild. They're a build, right? To say that you're rebuilding means that you've built it already once. The Jets have not built anything. So in terms of a blank slate, I would think that the Jets are the more appealing job because they are certainly going to have the number one pick. And you would think after picking in the top five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten here for the last, it seems like last ten years, you would think that there'd be some talent on the team somewhere. But I think that if I had if I had to choose between the two jobs, I'd probably go with the quarterback and Deshaun Watson rather than the blanker slate, the cleaner canvas that uh, is the New York Jets. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Let's get some phone calls in, 1-800-919-ESPN. Uh, we'll start off with uh, Lewis's and Whippany. Lewis, what's going on, my friend? Hey, how you doing, Gordon? I'm good, man. What's up? I mean, I told you that, didn't I? You told me what? I told you that. that he was worse than gays, and you just hung up on Bill O'Brien. Look, Lewis. Don't, Lewis, 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 Lewis. To say that he is worse than a guy who went to the playoffs once and is more likely to lose a game by double digits than he is to lose it by single digits, 
Bill, it's one thing to say that Bill O'Brien is terrible. I agree with you. He's terrible. He's not worse than Adam Gase. Adam Gase is worse. Okay, so so let's let's let's, let's go down the list real quick. Better quarterback, better offense, better defense, an all-time player in J.J. Watt, right? An amazing quarterback in Deshaun Watson, correct? He's also the GM. Okay. He gets to pick his groceries. He's won, div- he's won divisions. I'm not saying he's good. Don't make me defend uh, Bill O'Brien, but he's, he's better than That's Adam Gase. He's not. Of course he is. It's ridiculous. Adam Gase is terrible. What yes, what would he, you say Adam Gase is better at? By, by, what would you Adam, say, Adam Louis, Ga- What would you say Adam Gase is better at? It's it's, it's not about comparing who. No 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 no. That's what you're well, doing. No, no. You're comparing. No, no, what no, would you no. say Adam Gase? What check marks go in Adam Gase's categories? <laughs> Which one? My, okay, so look. Okay, you're right. Right, Adam Gase is right. Worse, thank but you. Here's the, but but here's the problem, though. But here's the problem. <clears throat> Bill O'Brien was shopping for the ingredients. And he was throwing in dirt. He was right. throwing in no, he was, he was a, he's a terrible chef. Ex- Absolutely. Exactly. And so, so, therefore, he is worse than Adam Gaze, man. No, he not. is so much worse than him. He's he not, had the well, see, here's the problem. Exactly Adam, he Gaze, Adam Gaze is not shopping for the groceries per se, but he does have his – he's in the kitchen, right? Like Joe Douglas is his guy. And do you think that Joe Douglas said to himself, you know who we need on this team? Let's get some Frank Gore. We need Frank Gore. You know who we need on this team? Kalen Bollage. That's who we need. We need to get another running back who they originally gave him a draft pick for. Is. So, I mean, it's not like Adam Gase has no say in the in the, the grocery shopping either. Real quick. Also, um, I really hope, uh, and I don't want to butcher the guy's name, uh, Eric uh, from uh, the Chiefs for the coordinator. I hope he doesn't go to the Texas, yeah. man, or, or the Jets. Look, man, he... I really do want him to get an opportunity. Pretty much, it sounds like everyone does, but it's one of those. He's he needs to he needs to kind of wait it out to see uh, something better opens up. Because if he goes to the Texans, like you said, they strain for money. They're gonna be rebuilding. If he comes to the Jets, oh Jesus Christ! It's like the Jets are. are if Johnson and Johnson or someone from the organization is listening to this, fire Adam Gaze and just start rebuilding right now. Just give give the next head coach an opportunity to actually be able to do something. Uh no. Well, look. Here's the thing about Eric Bieniemy and and Lewis. Thanks for the call. Eric Bieniemy, I think, just would like the opportunity to get a job. Uh, who? What? He, he can't. Nobody can get can promise him a, a, a great job. I mean, the reason why co- coaches get fired is because it's a bad situation. It's very rare that a team is like looking to go to the next level and they're certainly not going to take some if you're like a, a you know a, a playoff team who's threatening each and every year and you're firing the head coach you're usually going out and getting a more established head coach at that point somebody who has a a history of success in the job that you're hiring them for Eric Bieniemy's never been a head coach before uh, Eric Bieniemy I think is going to get a job here before too long he deserves to get a job here before too long but it, it, you know, it really comes down to just getting the opportunity. So if 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 he goes into this off season and the, the Texans' job is available and the Jets' job is available, I would like to think that between those jobs and other jobs, he is going to get a job. I don't think that he can sit back and say, "Well, you know what? Those two jobs are bad. I'm not going to take either of those ones. I'll just wait it out and wait for a good job." It, it's never going to be a good job because good teams don't get rid of their head coach. Generally, it's very it's hard enough to get any job. For anybody. 
They're very, very difficult to come by. That's why I think a lot of people were outraged that Adam Gase got another job so quickly. But you have to keep in mind, there was only one team that was going to hire Adam Gase that quickly. It turned out it was the Jets. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. The one thing about uh, Bill O'Brien is that I don't think he was a good head coach, and I think the numbers kind of back that up. And the point that, that Lewis is making about having all these weapons and having you know all this talent and still not being able to get the team you know, deep into the playoffs, it felt like every single year the Texans won their division, they were playing on Saturday, and they lost. Uh, that just felt like a, a rite of passage. And it's crazy that at one point last season in the playoffs, right, Bill O'Brien's team is leading the, the, the Chiefs 24 to nothing. And not only would they not win that game, he would never win another game with the Texans. But as bad as a head coach, and, and look, he had it seemed like every single year when the Texans would play in the playoffs, they'd lose in the playoffs, and there would always be scratch-your-head decisions involving Bill O'Brien. As bad as he was as a head coach, he was a nightmare as a GM. Nightmare. Like going all-in last year, trading first and second-round picks last year and this year for a left tackle who he then had to pay. That's just a horrendously bad move. Now, they needed something to kind of stabilize that offensive line. But even last year, I don't think that their offensive line was a strength. So to be giving up all those assets just for one guy to play left tackle uh, see, certainly seemed like he overpaid. <laughs> certainly seemed like he overpaid. And DeAndre Hopkins, that trade, obviously everybody's pointed out how horrible of a deal uh, that, that deal was for, for the Texans. So they, he, he, as bad as a coach as he was, he was even a worse GM. So maybe getting that much cleaned up for whoever that the Texans do hire down the road, maybe that will uh, help improve the situation. But no, he was a nightmare of a GM. And people kept uh, you know, asking me, yeah, oh, that's great news. The Texans, you have their pick this year. Dolphins, you're a big Dolphin fan. That's the last thing I wanted to have happen was him to get fired at this point. And I think that that would be the worst thing to happen for the Jets is to fire Adam Gase at this point. Like, you're, you're stuck in it, right? The best way forward is to just stay mired in it. Like, do you think the Jets are more likely or less likely to win games if they fire Adam Gase? I think they're more likely to win more games. Like, it's, it's a pretty good track record at this point. Having Adam Gase is a pretty good sign. You're probably going to lose. So I, don't, I didn't want the Texans to fire Bill O'Brien. I wanted him to stay there. Let him play out this whole year, be awful, and give me a top three, top four, top five. I don't think the Texans, and as we broke down yesterday on the poop rankings, that uh, I, I don't think that they are that bad of a team. They've not played well. They've played some really good teams, especially the first three weeks. And then this past week, playing the Vikings and playing them as poorly as they did, I guess that was the, the, the final straw. Uh, eight, Magic 8-Ball. Maybe we should ask the Magic 8-Ball about the, uh, the poll question today. Uh, Magic 8-Ball. If if both jobs are available, are the Jets is the Jets head coaching job a more appealing job than the Houston Texans? If the Jets end up having the uh, overall number one pick, Magic Eight Ball, what do you say, Magic Eight Ball? Magic Eight Ball is still uh, it's still a fugazi kind of uh, die in the middle of the Magic Eight Ball. I can't see anything. This Magic Eight Ball. If you're going to purchase a Magic Eight Ball, oh here we go. My reply is no. So, no, there's, uh, the Magic 8-Ball says that the Texans' job is still better. So there you go. 
If you buy a Magic 8-Ball, spring for the, the more high-quality one, because this one is a cheapo. Two-two. And Stanton lifts a fly ball, center field, deep and gone! A grand slam for Stanton. And that'll blow it open here in the ninth inning. The Yankees now lead 9-3. On their way to a 9-3 win, Dan Schoeman the call, ESPN Radio. Of course, you can hear all the games, Yankees and Rays. Every Yankee game, from now until... Whenever they're done, hopefully with another World Series title, you can hear them all right here. 98.7 FM, ESPN New York, our moment of inspiration for this uh, Tuesday morning. Oh, the Yankees. Thank God we have the Yankees. Thank the Lord. At least the Yankees. The Yankees scored yesterday as many points as the Giants did on Sunday. And Yankees had as many touchdowns as the Giants had on Sunday. And the Yankees don't even, they didn't have any touchdowns. Of course, the, the, the Giants. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Our poll question, which is up for today on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, is if the Jets job is available and now the Houston Texans job is available, which job do you think is more appealing? Put yourself as a prospective head coach. Which job would you rather have? And keep in mind, I will allow you, for the purpose of the poll question, to assume the Jets have the number one pick. Number one pick overall Trevor Lawrence sitting there. I think if you have the number one pick overall, that might shape things a little bit. That might shape things a little bit. I still think I'd probably go with the Texans. Magic 8-Ball agrees that the, the Texans is the better job. And we've already calculated. We, I, I've, I've come up with an algorithm. It's amazing the amount of stuff I do after the show is over. Came up with an algorithm, and uh, it, it, it has factored the Jets as being 67% odds of getting the top overall pick this year. You won't find that anywhere else. Much like the poop rankings from you. Every day we want to find something you won't find anywhere else. All right, let's get back to the phone calls. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. Let's go out to uh, Eli is in Queens. Eli, what's going on, my man? Hey, Gordon, man. Good morning. Listen, uh, uh, if, I, if I was to give any advice to Trevor Lawrence, it would be like, if you just get the number one pick, stay in school. <laughs> anyway, uh, the, the uh, on the Yankees, it was a gutsy performance by I think the whole the whole squad. Like finally, they smacked up the little brother. They're like, listen, yeah, guys are getting a little too excited right now. Yeah, one in the regular season. Now here's a, here's a butt whipping. And uh, I thought Cole was uh, was very gutsy also because I think he was really upset that uh, Joe. Uh, I mean, um, uh, the manager uh, Aaron Boone. Choi. Yeah, Aaron Boone walked Choi. Right. And, uh, I don't know. I, I think that they probably gave him the, the choice to do that. But I don't he, think that they're going to tell him, you must walk Choi. I think that he, you know, he probably looked at the situation and they, you know, they agree. I think he was already, was he, wasn't he already 2-0 on, on Choi when they decided to walk him? I think they were already, he yeah, was already 2-0 but, on him, so. But after that, you saw he started dotting it up up to 99 and 100. Yeah, absolutely. Then he absolutely. Started locked in and started, like, striking out everybody. But it was well, a- he definitely he definitely reached back for an extra game. You know, his location, I kind of went back because, you, you know, with the DVR and you're sitting with the commercials, I usually go back and just kind of watch the previous inning a little bit, the little bits here and there while the commercials are running. And I will say this, at the time, watching it in real time, I felt like, oh, he has to come back out for the seventh inning. But when I went back and watched it a little bit, his control, while he, while he was dialing it up and hitting 99, he did not have nearly the control in that sixth inning that he typically has. 
So going to the bullpen there by Boone probably was the right decision. Yeah, well, I think, and I think they need to keep that kid, uh, Clint Frazier, on. Because that kid... I mean, it's crazy to me. I mean, the guy hits a home run last night. He gets two at-bats, and he's out of the game. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> and then that Tyler Wade move was crazy also. Like, I don't know why the hell he, he took out Luke Boyd in a pivotal, pivotal part of the game. Oh, no. I mean, look, I mean, you hate to lose the bat there, but, you know, at that point you're trying to hopefully uh, it's about maintaining the lead, and, and, and Wade did have that play at second base there. He was able to get uh, the runner at second by, with the, the, the toss. He made a nice play there. I don't remember what inning that was. But, uh, no, Tyler Wade is going to play, and he's going to be a defensive replacement because then you can move uh, DJ LeMahieu, the patron saint of base hits, over to first base, and they kind of go with your, your defense for the late innings. But, yeah, no, Clint Frazier getting two at-bats in a game where he hits a home run uh, is still kind of crazy to me. Eli, thank you for the call. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. So, I mean, look, Cole was not classic Cole last night. But even that, it's like one of those things where I see people on Twitter talking about, oh, you know what, he blew a lead, he blew a Ah, you know what? I'll take it. I'll take. You know what? Three runs in six innings with eight Ks and, and striking out guys in big spots in the sixth inning when the game is still be decided, uh, I'll take it. It's a, I'll, I'll live with it. I will live with that every single time. Get me to the bullpen, clean innings for Green and, and, and uh, Britain, and uh, obviously Sessa at the end instead of Chapman because they blew it open. But I'll take it. I, I can live with that. 1-800-919-ESPN. Let's go to uh, John is in West Babylon. John, what's going on, man? Hey, Gordon. Damn, good morning, uh, Michael Cake. Champion. Um, Thank you, John. Yeah, people have been they're not really uh, giving me my proper props. Now, it, it happened about four months ago, so that might be why people have forgotten. So, But thank you, John. Ah, I appreciate it. champion. That's all I, I, There's no mandatory title defenses, so I plan to go to the grave. They, it's not like they're asking me back anyway, but I plan to go to the grave with that title. So what I was going to say is, with the firing of Bill O'Brien starting, starting off the, you know, the firings of the NFL, how mm-hmm. long could the Giants get rid of Gettleman? Because you know they're going to have a top top first round pick. You know at least top three, top five at worst. And I don't want a Nick situation where I got Gettleman messing up that pick again and then right. putting in the new GM. Uh, uh, no, no. I mean, look, John. I, you you mean Bill O'Brien as the GM? No, 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 no. I don't want Bill O'Brien as GM. I'm just saying since he's been fired and he started, you know. That's kicking off the firings of. Uh, oh, okay. You know, the, so, oh, you're saying just when will Gettleman get fired? Yeah, because I want. Don't you want to get that new GM in there as early as possible to get his staff in and really get ready for the draft and not wait till like week ten to twelve of the season to do this or even after the season and give him no real time to prepare. Well, look, I, 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 John, I think that the, I don't think that they'll necessarily wait until after the season, but I do think that they will give uh, Dave Gettleman and his uh, tenure here the, the, the rest of this. Now, I'm not saying it will we'll wait until week 17, but I don't think that in week four they're going to move off the GM just yet. Uh, I do think that the Giants are going to win some games. I do think that Dave Gettleman will be out after this season, and I'm sure behind the scenes. The, the 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 list of names, prospective names, is already being right. Like if the Jets are already inquiring about head coaches, 
well, then the Giants certainly should be inquiring about who's going to be the next GM of the club. But you know what the problem is, is if you fire Gettleman now, you're just going to instill whoever the assistant GM is right now. And I don't think it's – you're not going to go out and hire anybody new and a fresh voice. And that's clearly what the Giants need to do. The firing of Gettleman is the easy move. The, the real rubber hits the road where the Giants have to kind of look inward and see what else is going on within the organization that has led to this historically bad run. It's, it, a lot of it is on Gettleman, but it happened even before Gettleman was here. A lot of the same issues. So in terms of the draft, in terms of uh, not supplying the team with talent, they're just not a very talented team. So the problem for the Giants, though, is they have some games in the schedule. They play Washington twice. Uh, they play the Bengals. They, they play the Eagles, who are not any good. Well, they play the Cowboys, who don't seem to be very good. I think they're better than the Giants. And the fact the Cowboys are now 1-3, I think that bodes uh, poorly for the Giants getting a win this week. But, yeah, no, I mean, the Giants are going to have to, even more so than Adam Gase, like, w- like we look at, the quarterback situation, and we kind of give Daniel Jones a little bit more of a pass than Sam Darnold because he's not been here that long. Well, then the, then the reverse is true, right? Gettleman has to be far more on the hot seat than even Adam Gase because he's been here longer and the team still stinks. The Yankees are rolling again, three games into the postseason run, and so far, so awesome. Yankees win last night 9-3. to Home runs here, home runs there. The biggest blow of them all. In terms of uh, the number of runs scored, obviously Giancarlo Stanton taking a 5-3 game in the ninth inning and uh, blowing it open. But I thought that uh, really the key to the game came much earlier on. Yankees had a lead early. Garrett Cole didn't was not able to hold that lead. They had another lead, was not able to hold it again, and gave up another home run to G-Man Choi, who is just, uh, I, I don't know what he's doing or how he is able to uh, master Garrett Cole like no one else. But it is amazing because the home run he hit last night was not a bad pitch. It was not some hanging slider. It was a good pitch and uh, took it for a two-run home run. So the Yankees all of a sudden in the fourth inning trailing 3-2. And you think, "Uh uh-oh, here we go. But then in the uh, top of the fifth, Kyle Higashioka, of all people, big home run to tie it up. And then Aaron Judge, uh, a uh, laser beam of a home run to put the Yankees back out in front 4-3. And at that point... Cole, it didn't seem like classic shutdown Cole last night, and I probably would have liked, in a perfect world, another inning. But it was uh, he comes out, gets a couple of outs really quick, then gives up a couple of base runners, and gets to a point where it's two out, bases loaded, and then rears back, finds 98 and 100 to strike out Margot to end the threat there, and the Yankees go on for the win. So it's game two tonight. We'll have the game right here on 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Our coverage at 8 o'clock. David Garcia. Interesting that he gets the game two start. I guess the idea here, if you're kind of walking through it, he's going to have to start one game. You want Tanaka. To me, the most important part of it after Cole is I'd rather have Tanaka have the extra rest. So you put him in game three, which is always, you know, best of five. That's always a swing game. And then it's deciding between Hap. And Davey Garcia, I guess you figure if you're when you're drawing it up, right? Cole's gonna, you're hoping is gonna win game one, so at least you'll have that. It's not going to be a do or die kind of situation. So you put Garcia there because game four very well could be an elimination game. So I guess you want the the experience of Hap pitching a game four because you're gonna be playing every single day, 
every single day. Now, I was not focused that much on the Monday Night Football game last night, but from what I did see, I will say this. Cam Newton should clearly ask for a raise because uh, b- between uh, Brian Hoyer and Jared Stidham last night, woo, yikes. And our poll question today is about uh, the uh, perspective idea. You know, the uh, Texans fired Bill O'Brien yesterday. So if you're a perspective head coach after this season, which job do you think is more appealing? Is it the Texans or is it the Jets? And you know what? The more I've been thinking about this, if the Jets, I didn't put this in the poll question, so I, I, can, I can understand why people aren't voting it this way. But if you assume the Jets have the number one pick overall and Trevor Lawrence is there, that does make the Jet job pretty appealing. Now, unfortunately, the Jets have had no history of success whatsoever, no matter what pick they have. And there's major questions about just how, they definitely have a lot of work to do to build even up a contending team. But if you're moving off the head coach and you'd have to think whoever you get as the head coach is going to be a, a, a massive upgrade, maybe the Jet job is better, a more appealing job than I'm, I'm making it out to be. Because the Texans, they don't. it's not like that first year you're going to be able to turn much around in terms of talent because the, the salary cap is so bad and you have no draft picks. Boy, oh boy, Bill O'Brien. It's like the, he set the house on fire, walked out the front door. He's like, my work is done here. All right, let's get a couple more calls in. 1-800-919-ESPN. Nick is in Long Island, or on Long Island, I should say. Nick, what's going on? Gordon, what's going on? Good morning. Um, I think that uh, if the Jets get the number one pick, I mean, there's not going to be much to trade for because Cincinnati's at the bottom of the list. They have a quarterback. Houston has a quarterback. Denver has a quarterback. The Giants have a quarterback. I don't know if Denver has a quarterback. And, I mean, all right, that's, that's debatable, but. I mean, the only team you'd be able to trade with is, is Atlanta, and if that doesn't go through, then you have to take Trevor Lawrence at one. And if if that's the case, I mean, a, a new coach is, might not want Sam Darnold as, as his quarterback. So if if that's the, the factor of getting a new head coach, I think you gotta you got to just deal Sam. And I hate to say that because I'm a diehard Jets fan, but if, if that's the case of getting a new coach, we, got, we have to get a new coach, and, and, and I'm, I'm totally down with that. And just real quick, Yankees, I think DJ LeMay set the absolute tone of that game yesterday with that first at-bat. Just absolute savagery in the box, just to quote Aaron Boone. Um, but I, I couldn't be more proud with that Yankees team, and, and I'm hoping to uh, to get the, the next two wins quick and get out of Tampa Bay. Yep, let's move on. No, from your lips to God's ear, Nick, and thanks for the call. Let's hope that they can pull off another win tonight, and let's hope the offense keeps clicking. You know, you look at 9-3, and it feels like when you see 9-3, oh, wow, they blew them out. That was not a blowout game. They, they pushed across some runs late and, and really broke it open. But that was a tight game. And uh, you got to figure out a way tonight to, to get some more runs on the board because you're going to need them. With Davey Garcia, I don't think that he is going to go six innings and give up just three runs. Let's hope so. That's going to do it for today. Please vote on the poll question. It's on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. We'll see you tomorrow at 5, right here, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.